What it do, DMV, and what it do, Raleigh, NC. That's right, Raleigh, North Carolina. Special edition episode here, guys. We went down there, AB and I, a couple weekends ago. Hurricane Sled Hockey, they're the feature of this episode. They're what we're talking about. They're who we talk to. AB, it was casino night. We had a great time. Um, what's going on? Yeah, man, it was uh, great. There's some truly inspirational stories that we uh, that we heard. Uh, can't wait to get those interviews to you guys and uh, a bunch of just it was a, such a good experience. It's awesome. Night. I yeah. mean, drove down Friday night, went to the event at some brewery. Um, great time. Beer was uh, beer was pretty good. Yeah, beer was solid. Um, so we want to make an episode out of this for you guys. Um, we are chirping DMV. So what we'll do, like we said, we have three interviews, um, three very good ones. We have two incredible stories. Um, one with a man from the Army, his name Craig, and then one with two coaches from the U14 Hurricanes team. Uh, that tells a story about Tyler, and you'll know all about Tyler here in a bit. But like I said, we want to make an, an episode out of this for you guys, so let's do this. October 5th, Caps home opener. Come into the game, 2-0, and two big road wins because we are chirping DMV. And we're feeling good. And we're feeling good. Uh, we welcome in Carolina, our playoff foe from last season who spoiled our attempt at a back-to-back Stanley Cup run. Game 7, double OT last year, tough loss. But as expected, Mr. Game 7 was on the ice. Carolina and Capitals legend. We love him. Um, gets the assist, game-winning goal. Carolina beats us to go to the conference finals. They do the whole song and dance, and they just have a hell of a year. Yep. Um, so the Canes come into jerks. Yeah, there it is. So Canes come into DC, rock the red carpet night. It's our home opener. We're two and zero. We have a new team puppy, captain, and just like last year in the playoffs, the Canes had to go and ruin everything in OT for us. So, uh, I mean, any thoughts on that game? I mean, it was a great game. A lot of back and forth. A bit chippy. Um, as we've come to newly expect when these two teams play each other, maybe a bit of a rivalry starting. Yeah, the rivalry is definitely brewing a little bit, especially since uh, the fight, the OV Svechnikov fight. I mean, that started things off, I think, in that series. Just that series just got going. Yep. Um, so let's get into it. Gar- Garnet Hathaway breaks the scoring for the Caps with about two minutes left in the first. Heavy four check by Leipzig, calls a Carolina turnover, and uh, Garnet would get his first as a cap. Uh, scored another one a couple minutes later in that game, uh, but he get called off. Um, eight minutes left in the second. Puck flies up high above the Carolina net, causing Reimer to lose sight of it. It would bounce in the crease, and T.J. Yoshi, baby. Remember the event that signed T.J. Yoshi's Stanley Cup champion hat? Oh, yeah. Not a big deal. We loved it. So T.J. would tuck it home. Caps head to the third with a 2 nothing lead. And um, A.B., what goes on after that? The Canes would get a power play early in the third and would set up a beautiful power play where Svechnikov would feed it over to Teravainen on the right wall who would send a beautiful slot pass to Eric Holler for an easy tuck on Holpe, cut the lead to one. Yeah, so that, that did, did Carolina kill Holpe? Oh, uh, they may have. Because I mean, we're, 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 we're recording this episode about two weeks after that game, and Holpe has been terrible. Yeah, Holpe hasn't looked good, so uh, <laughs> thanks thanks to the Canes. <clears throat> so seven minutes later, um, Jacob Slavin off a broken 2-on-1 where he would catch a puck uh, from Martin Hook, drop it to his stick, and jam it seven hole on Holpe. Game's tied at two. Dude, Jacob Slavin, that kid is a beast. He's a dog. He's a dog, He's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. Um, so this game, as we mentioned, um, goes to OT. Just it saw the Canes. Game seven. Yeah, yeah. Just this game seven. It saw the Canes kill a Caps four on three power play. Um, a lot of that had to do with a massive sprawling stick save by Reimer there on the goal line on TJ Oshie. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, he went down, it's sprawled a, across through the stick out, and just kept it off the line after it hit the post behind them. I was gonna say, I think he hit the pipe at one point. Too. Yeah. Um, minute left in the overtime. Svechnikov would uh, spring Gardner all the way from his own blue line. He walks in. Go short side post on Holpe and the Canes lead. I think they are 3-0 at that point. Yep, and uh, Jake, Jake Gardner, first goal as a Kane. 
So uh, good for him. Uh, that was a great addition by the Hurricanes. Um, but yeah, uh, again, uh, if you if you can't score on a four on three in the over in overtime, yeah, the other team's gonna win. Yeah, yeah, Car- <laughs> it's a Car- five minute overtime. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving them two minutes for them to just kill and then get momentum yep. real quick. They're gonna pounce on you those last three minutes, yep. especially when they get that whistle and the Hurricanes and got- jump right back to three on three. Yep, Hurricanes got one chance. Um, speaking Carried. on that power play, Caps power play, zero and six in that game. That was the big story and still is here in DC. Yep, Canes power play. Um, on the other hand, one for four tonight. Physical game, Caps out hit the Canes 20 to 19, so call out a wash. Hurricanes blocked 14 shots to the Caps eight. Reimer, 32 of 34, turned away in what I thought was a stellar performance. Yep, great, great goaltending. Holpe, 25 of 28. Um, and the start of a massive early season slide for him. Um, but the Canes will get into their current season. After this first interview, actually. Um, so we wanted to start there, break down the Caps-Canes uh, game for you guys. You know, not play any favoritisms, just break it down, show it how it is. So we're going to kick it over to our first interview here with last year's uh, Carolina Junior Hurricanes Championship U14 coaches, Greg and Matt, as they brought on Tyler, a uh, kid we had the pleasure of meeting, as well as his parents um, at the casino night. We, uh, they brought him onto their team last season. So, yeah, Tyler was born with spina bifida. Before he was born, the medical experts said he'd have no quality of life. He wouldn't be able to walk, talk, sit, learn, all of that. Thankfully, they were very wrong, and he's had a better life than anyone his parents know. Yeah, they said his um, his mom said his perspective is amazing. He truly believes that anything is possible. Uh, when Tyler was two, he did go to all the Canes' home games. The players were young and fun, and the ESA, which was pre-PNC Arena, was the loudest in the NHL, keep in mind. Uh, they told me that was the 2005-2006 season, the year they won the Cup. Uh, anyway, instant fan, as we all are <laughs> when we started watching hockey, told his parents that he was going to play hockey uh, just like them one day and pointed at the ice. You know, they smiled. They said, sure, buddy, uh, being the loving parents they are. But they didn't think they could help him achieve his dream because that's a stretch. Yep. I mean. So, uh, Tyler, he played hockey all the time in the living room, playing a little floor hockey on his knees, in the street, in his chair. He was not giving up. So when he was six, they heard about the Triangle Special Hockey Association, which is stand-up hockey for those with developmental differences. His mom reached out and asked if he could get on the ice with them, and they put him in a metal folding chair with a helmet and a big hockey stick, and a buddy pushed him around on the ice. He was happy, but his parents wanted him to pr- move independently, so they had to figure, a way, figure out a way to do that. Yeah, so, you know, start researching, as his mom said. Uh, they learned about sled hockey. Um, Todd was in a bucket, as they call the... Um, the things they sit in, which were we saw final. I, that was the first one I've seen in person. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Um, yeah, big it's, piece it's, of equipment it's there. Definitely it's definitely heavy duty. It's a sturdy, it's a sturdy piece of equipment right there. So a few months later, and as far as they know, um, he was the first sled hockey player there in the Carolinas. Uh, went to his first national tournament at seven years old. Played on teams from Florida and Tennessee because in North Carolina, uh, didn't have a youth team yet. Yep. Thankfully, his parents and help from others have been able to raise awareness and grow. And in 2019, they had a junior hockey, junior hurricane slide hockey team travel to the national tournament, which is ages 6 to 15. Right, so incredible work by all them involved. Uh, we asked Tyler's parents some fun facts about Tyler, maybe his favorite players, because uh, I'll tell you who mine is, Ovechkin. Oh, yep. Uh, favorite players either get hurt or traded, they told us, so he stays kind of tight-lipped on that subject. But uh, a few guys he mentioned were Cam Ward, Eric Cole, Mark Recchi, Scotty Walker, uh, et cetera. Um, they yeah, were some of his favorites. Those are all legends, too, right there. All legends, baby. Yeah. Um, so let's kick it over. U14 Championship Carolina Junior Hurricanes coaches, Coach Greg and Coach Matt. <laughs> 
All right, guys, we're here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the Canes uh, Sled Hockey Charity Event. We're here with Coach Matt, Coach Greg. It's me and A.B. Uh, guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Yeah, Coach Matt, um, actually, I retired last year on top. We won the championship, right? Oh, there you um, go. So I'm not coaching not this year, deal. but um, I coached the U2, U14 team last year, Junior Hurricanes, um, along with Greg over here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Gre uh, Greg, and uh, assistant last year on the U14 Canes. And um, lots of fun last year. There you go. So you said you just won the championship. Where you guys complain? Are so you 14s A double A? Where you guys competing in? Uh, we were single A. Very cool. So yeah. we're here, like we said, two coaches, a U14 Canes. But the reason we're here, like we said, is the Hurricane Sled Hockey fundraiser, both for the their adult team and their youth team. So the reason we got you guys out here is because you integrated one of the sled hockey players, the youth sled hockey players, into your team last year. Kind of. Let's just start talking about it. I mean. Give us a kid's name and kind of how you took on that, you know, entire situation and brought him on and how he helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his name's Tyler. Um, I guess he he's always really, really, really wanted to be on a team with his peers, right? Um, so when he's he loves sled hockey, obviously. Yeah. Well, when you're playing sled hockey, there's there's he's not going to be on a team full of 15 year olds, right? right? Um, kind of impossible. So he's playing with younger kids, older guys, adults, right? Um, so he wanted to be on a team with his peers. Um, so, you know, they had a conversation with our head coach, who's actually not here, Terry. Um, Terry actually talked to us about it. We thought it was a fantastic idea to kind of invite him out and let him meet the kids in the locker room. We obviously asked the kids about it, what they thought. They were all for it. Um, so he'd come out once a week for a practice. Um, and we kind of brought him in on the drills. He'd, he'd move the puck. He'd pass the puck to the kids. He'd, uh, super yeah. helpful. He had a really good time. But, I mean, what do you think, Greg? Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he immediately just fit in with all the kids. Um, the coach gave him a jacket, and he was just right there, and he would join in the kids. Kids didn't treat him any different. Mm -hmm. He was one of the gang. Uh, integrated him right into all the practices. It took a bit of time at first to figure it out. Um, but a lot of our practices were integrated with him helping us out. That's um, awesome. And I learned a lot with him around. It was really interesting. And the integration was so good. There was one day, there was a photo and of all the kids. You couldn't see him. He was in the middle. Mm. And his mom had emailed that. It was just great because he was just like everyone else. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's awesome. So was, was he going to the, all the games with them too? He was, at, he was on the bench with them and everything? Or Yeah, he would go to all the home games. Um, he would we we had a nice chair for him right in the middle of the bench so he'd sit between the offense and the defense right in the middle of the bench um coach gave him a job so he always had a job to do pay nice. attention to the game he'd keep shots or you know maybe coach would give him a, a play to like how many times we turn the puck over at the blue line or right. just little little task jobs that just keep him involved in the game um he was always stuff that benefits the team too because i mean as a coach myself i I coach high school, I got three or four managers. I'm like, hey, I need shots in this, I need when we turn the puck over, I need when we do this. So you don't think about it until it's actually available to you and then it gets you and you're like, this is very helpful actually. Yeah, it's a crucial yeah. part of the team in that, in that standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and Coach Jerry's philosophy that we don't have anybody like any um, freeloaders, like everybody has a job, everybody has something to do. Uh, nobody sits around, so that's, he gave him work to do. So he would come on the bench, sit on it, he'd have his helmet and we'd, Bring them around the rink, Absolutely. and sometimes have to lift them up and put them in. Yeah. <laughs> so All depending about, on the rink we're at. Uh, integration yeah. with practice. Was there anything of? Did you guys change drills to kind of help fit him in? Because I mean, 
there may be some drills that may be tougher uh, for his participation or anything alike. So you maybe do you help him or let him kind of create some drills or do anything of that nature, bring some of their drills over, or how did that all work? Um, no, we di we didn't change any drills at all. Um, we would implement him where we, you know, where we thought he could participate. Obviously, um, some drills he was a full participant. Some jobs he's just moving the puck. You know, yep. um, maybe may being a passer or a receiver. Breakout guy right there yeah. on the blue line or something. Yep. Um, but we did um, at the end of the season. Um, all our kids actually got in sleds and went on and played a sled hockey no game with, with the sled hockey. Oh, it was so good. That kind of leads into my next question that I wanted to ask. I mean, from the start, you, you said the kids were all for it at the start. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the end of the season. I mean, obviously you have a championship team. Um, what factor did he play into that? And then what was the kids, I mean, your, your stand-up guys' reactions are kind of emotional standpoint where it's just like how did they benefit from him? Just being on that team all year. Well, I think he was—he was one of the—he was—he was a leader in some ways. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, definitely a, a motivational type type deal. He was always—I mean, I don't know if you know this, but he was on Snapchat. They all have a their own like yeah. you know yeah. their own chat. Yes, they they're all school, on. I know how they are. And I, <laughs> I mean, obviously we're not involved in that, but um, who knows what they're saying? Fourteen-year-old boys, right? Um, but Tyler was. Uh, very active in that, rooting the boys on. Probably their biggest cheerleader. And he so, didn't go with us to the to the state tournament that we won, um, only because I think he had an event. I think he had the event down in Florida at that yeah. time. Yeah. So but, he's um, like one of the big locker room guys there. Big time. But yeah. he was a locker room he, guy. He was kind. Of, when we were yeah. on our road games, they were in constant communication. Connor. That's awesome. All yeah. the other kids. Um, super cool. Yeah. It was. I mean, I'm a better person for it. I didn't realize it could happen, but when it did. It was like seamless. Yeah, I feel like this helps everyone in that in that group just grow as uh, as a team. And I, I don't know, it just it's a, a sense of camaraderie, I guess, yeah. that comes with it. Even tonight, like we're talking with him and his parents, and we're like back to you know. We, well, yeah, we got to meet Brian and Kelly, his parents. Yeah, we're chit chatting like again. Two of the most awesome people you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. I'm sure you met them in there. Um, you know, they're kind of big promoters of this event, yeah. sled hockey in general, and they are two of the best people. Other than Greg, of course, that I've ever met. No, 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 I think you are, no, Matt. Pretty, really cool people. I mean, you obviously had a talented team to win a championship, um, but as coaches, you know, as coaches, we all know that you're not winning unless you have something kind of there. Uh, do you kind of attribute him to one of the bigger reasons why you guys were able to push for that championship? I mean, it's a hockey season. Anything can happen. I mean, that's why your Hurricanes beat us last year in the playoffs. That's <laughs> <laughs> the higher seed caps, you know what I mean? But, uh, but do you attribute that to kind of one of the – like I said, you, you obviously had a talented team, but do you contribute him as one of the main reasons why what helped brought that team together, what glued it in, and was able to push to a championship? Yeah, he added that extra little bit to our team because he made it more than just hockey. Right. It made it life. Yep. And yeah, the purpose of the season isn't always just hockey, but it's to teach, like life skills. Right. And so, um, I mean, I learned a lot. And so, and I think the kids learned a lot. And I still remember, like, he just seamlessly fit in the room. And I was telling his dad, and his dad's like, he's just 14 like anyone else. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I learned one, a lot. One of the first things the kids said after we won is make sure we get a medal for Tyler. And, <gasps> really? Yeah. And, and they were all obviously snapchatting yeah. him after the game taking pictures and then at the team party obviously we provided yeah. him with the medal yeah um and he was part of a 
Um, he, he was doing yeah, and he was doing something really cool at the time, like uh, what was it, dancing with the stars in the local area. So Whoa. yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Like he, find out. like like a local dancing with the stars type deal. Yeah, and no one knew about it until like kind of a little bit beforehand. Yeah, and um, I feel like that's I feel like that's the theme about this whole event is like hockey is just like it's more than just a game to yep. us. As like as a sport, it's just it's a Not lifestyle. We're here, I mean, we're yeah, we're chirping DMV, we're Caps guys, we're local DMV hockey teams, but we're here because we're hockey fans number one, we're our own teams fans number two. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's about the sport. Change it kind of changes everybody's life in a different way. I mean, for me and AB here, we grew up playing. We started in line. We went to the ringer together. Played youth. Played high school. I mean. I mean, what's the thing you always see after a youth hockey game or even in the playoffs and the pros right after the series ends? What, what, what happens? I mean, just the handshake. preseason band. Right. Handshake. You, you hug each other. The handshake. If you're a preseason U12 yeah. team, you're shaking hands yeah, after it's the a, game. It's a respect thing, man. Like, yeah. yeah, we battled. I hated your guts when we were out there <laughs> yep. battling. But now it's over. Good game. Yep. And Tyler came out with us. We'd lift his uh, chair. Yeah, he'd come out. out on he'd the come ring, out and shake hands with us after every game. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Incredible. Well, guys, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate you telling uh, Tyler's story and the story of the U14 Canes last year. We don't want to hold it too long because it's casino night. <laughs> Got some more money to win. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, <laughs> thanks again, guys, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank thanks, you, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Coach Greg and Coach Matt. Uh, awesome story about Tyler. Awesome story about the success that that team had last year, um, and just how everything came together for him. Uh, you gotta love it. Uh, so let's 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 move on to this now. Let's kind of take a look at the Hurricanes a little more in depth. Let's break down their season up to this point. Um, so we broke down that Caps Canes game. Um, this being a Hurricanes sled hockey special, they're six and one right now. First in the Metro, only loss of as of right now to Columbus. Dougie Hamilton leading the way, four goals, four assists, eight points. Sveshnikov, eight points, but seven are apples. One's a tuck. Holla has five tucks as well. Yeah, that was a great addition. He came over from Vegas, and uh, he played in Minnesota for most of his career. Uh, got drafted in that um, in the expansion draft right. by uh, Vegas. Tore it up over in Vegas, and now is continuing to tear it up for Carolina. Speaking of additions, subtractions, let's talk about the big one, Justin Falk. Yeah. Gets traded off that blue line to St. Louis. Yep. Uh, I'm assuming that's the clear cap space for they have a million young guys. Uh-huh. Um, so they, I mean, they signed Sebastian Ajo this year. They got a couple others to sign. I'm sure Svechnikov's coming up soon. Um, but yeah, and they they replaced him with Jake Gardner. Yes. And Joel Edmondson. Jake Gardner is a great pickup. Joel Edmondson is a solid defender. He'll stay at home for you. Jake Gardner will move the puck. He'll score some goals. He got you a game winner over OT already against the Caps. Um, so yeah, I think Jake Gardner. Didn't have the greatest career in uh, Toronto. A lot of Toronto guys, uh, the Toronto media. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. They they pounded on him. And uh, Carolina, the, the Hurricanes fan base, they just love their team. So I think he's going to love it here in Jake. Yeah. Uh, with, and you talk about yeah. guys scoring. Um, all but seven players on that roster have talked one so far. Yep. They're getting They're a great secondary, team. tertiary, fourth whatever it is, airy, yeah. <laughs> scoring from almost – Everyone and as much seems like as much uh, as as bad as I was talking about Rod Brandmore last year in the playoffs. That uh, is, he's very salty. He's probably one of the best coaches in the NHL. I think. Yeah. Um. Um. So, I mean, he's a young guy. Gets the guys fired up. I mean, he's in his hometown of the place he grew up, the place he played. Not grew up, but 
played, grew up in his playing career, I should say. He gets the most out um, of every one of his yeah, players. Yeah, he does. Rod the Bot, uh, just an absolute beauty. So we yep. talked about this in our preseason breakdowns over on Chirp and DMV, the podcast. Uh, we're seeing basically a 50-50 split between Rozic and Reimer. Um, Rozic. Which we expected. Yeah. 4-0 with that 1.94 GAA and .919 save percentage, while Reimer is 2-1. 2.65 goals against and a 9.33 save percentage. Um, both way better than Holpe right now. Yep. But <laughs> I mean, that's great goaltending. Like we said, we thought Solid. we would we thought we would split. They would split 50-50, and they are. And just like they did last year. As outsiders looking in, that's I think that's what we all were thinking. Can these can these goaltenders keep it up as they, they did last year? Both consistently be. They don't need to be great. They need to be very good. Yep. And if they, you have two goalies at a very good level going 60-40, you're going to be all right. And they're both very good. Uh, and I don't just know. in case a playoff situation comes around where one needs to come in. And I think a lot of it has to do with team defense. You're comfortable. I think this this team, obviously, like they they have a great locker room, I think. I think that helps a lot. Um, but they just play – they have all five guys back on D. They have a great defensive unit, I think. And, yeah, I mean, things, things are clicking. Things are rolling right now. They're looking like a top team in the NHL. So do they make playoffs, and how far do they go? So before the season at October twentieth or wherever we are right now. Well, I'll be honest. <laughs> before the season eight even games started, in. before these eight games, I said no. I think they just miss because mm-hmm. uh, I mean you look you look at teams around the NHL. You got the Flyers making big moves. I think they're going to be pretty good. You got the Devils making big moves. I, th- I thought they were going to be pretty good. They have not been to a great start. They've been struggling. Uh, the Panthers made some big moves. Penguins are very hurt. Penguins. Are I very mean, just hurt. talking in terms of the Metro. Penguins are hurt. They're struggling. Malkin's out yep. for a while. Um, as you mentioned, New Jersey's falling apart. The Rangers, we've only seen them play three games so far, so right. we can't put a pin in anything yet. But a team that's not expected to be great. Right. Columbus, not a great start to the season. Nope. Playing and, very bad. And, yeah, they lost a lot of guys. So Yeah. Um, so, I mean. I think Carolina's. Billy's been playing well. Carolina's obviously extraordinary so far in the early go. Yep. And I, I think we're playing here. like. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up. We'll, we'll figure it out. That's what we do. We figure it out. But I think Carolina definitely, right now, they're looking like one of the one of the best teams in the NHL. I think they make the playoffs this year if they continue to do this. Agreed. So, next interview, guys, we've got another awesome one for you. Our next story here is about a man named Craig Gilbert. Craig served in the Army for 26 years before recently retiring. Um, 20 of those, Special Forces. Yeah, so Craig never played hockey growing up. Never a huge fan. Didn't think much of it outside of a few Caps games he would catch on TV, being a uh, Virginia native growing up. Yeah, Craig, a um, little background. We'll, we'll let him tell the majority of the story, but he got wounded in a combat mission. Uh, and after the accident, he was kind of searching for something, you know, kind of anything that he could hold on to in a way, maybe a lack of better terms, kind of save him and free his mind um, of that tragedy. And obviously, like Billman said, we'll let Craig tell you the whole story of how he got into sled hockey with the Hurricanes organization. But uh, in this year's Disabled Hockey Festival, Craig tallied an assist on the game-winning goal when the Hurricanes sled hockey team defeated the Phoenix Coyote sled team in round robin play. Oh, see ya. All right, let's kick it over to Craig. All right, guys, we're still here. Uh, Hurricanes sled hockey event. We got another cool story here. We're here with Craig. Craig, introduce yourself. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, my name's Craig Gilbert. Nice to meet you all. Player on the Hurricane Sled Hockey team, the adult team. Uh, were you part of that team that was just down at the national championships back in, was it March? April. I should say? April? Yeah. So yeah, it was. Let's talk about that first. I mean, and then we'll get into your story. Uh, you guys go down there, 3-0 in pool play, win that first playoff game. 
gets to the championship and you lose to the, uh, I hate to say it, the yeah, Philadelphia the, the, the Flyers. Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> team that you beat, what was it, 2-1 in pool play, and then you lose 6 nothing. No, actually, no, it was the other way. Oh, we yeah. beat them 6-0, oh, gotcha. uh, oh, and, okay, gotcha. and then in the finals they beat that's us 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what happened in that championship? <laughs> that's a damn good question. <laughs> no, um, honestly, like I, I was – because we all BS with each other a lot at, at the tournaments and stuff. You know, we're all, we're all friendly. And and they all told me, well, one, I could tell they, they didn't play their game. You yeah. know what I mean? You can just tell. And uh, they got frustrated. And especially once we started racking up points, they got more and more frustrated. But talking to them, they were like, yeah, we, we pretty much blow one game every tournament. That's a given. <laughs> and uh, the championship. unfortunately, they – they did it early in pool play uh, rather than in the finals. But uh, it was still – it for that to be the, the first year of our organization and, and making it to to that level at that level of play was, was pretty phenomenal to be a part of. Yeah. So, you guys, uh, was that your first time going down there uh, to the national championship? No. No, that okay. was uh, my second time. Uh, the year prior uh, was out in San Jose. I wasn't able to do it because I had a uh, – uh, deployment that I had to go on, so I wasn't able to go to that tournament. Mm. Right. So, and then you guys obviously, hopefully, gearing up next year. I think it's up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, going for a national championship. So let's get into your story. Um, you like you said, Vienna native, DMV guy. Didn't grow up a hockey fan, really. You watched some games here and there. You liked it because, as we all do, it's hockey. You guys are skating around on ice, beating the hell out of each other. Um, you never really played. No. What, what's your story? I mean, how did you get what'd, into what'd you sled get hockey? Into? I mean, what was was there a situation that happened that you know that is the reason you have to play sled hockey now, or what was? What yeah, well, back in '03, uh, I, I damn near lost my leg in uh, in an incident on on a deployment, and I mean it was touching. I mean, hell, I'm I'm still going through surgeries and, right. and stuff on it now to this day, um, but it, you know I went through limb salvage and. Fortunately for me, I was one of the guys that the limb salvage actually worked. Mm -hmm. So I'm still ambulatory. Um, you know, it, it, it hurts and shit, but, uh, you know, I, I can still get around. Yes. Um, but then uh, just a few years ago, a good buddy of mine that's also on the team with me who's not here tonight, Brant, he uh, he was like, hey, man, you, you need to come out and so try sled hockey. Brag with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of want to we'll, – we'll take it. Uh, piece by piece here. Um, reading his story too, uh, it looks like he just there's a rink, there's a rink down there, and he just kind of saw a sled one day maybe and just kind of started playing. And then he's, based on the interview, it looks like he reached out to some guys, you being one of them. What were your initial thoughts when he reached out to you and said, "Hey man, why don't you hop on a sled and let's see what happens? Come skate." I was like, "Okay, what the hell, man? I'll I'll give it a shot." And uh, I went out and I fucking loved it. Yeah. Right from the get-go, and uh, got, I've been playing ever since. Yeah. So, so was was it you or was it Brant that played first, and then did you get in contact with? How did you get no, in contact with each other? Brant did first. He started when he was down in San Antonio. Gotcha. Uh, there was an organization down there, uh, Operation Comfort, I believe they're called. Uh, I'm not positive. Excuse me. But uh, so he played with the San Antonio Rampage and stuff while he was down in. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Very cool. Ooh, excuse me. Nice. Yeah, we've all had a couple when beers. When he was yeah, a couple, <laughs> couple beers deep, him, man. You know? But uh, but so you know he he played a little bit with them because he was down there for an extended period, gone through his 
all his surgeries and amputation yeah. and everything. Um, and when he came back, found out there was a rink there, and they had these sleds sitting in the back room that right. nobody really knew what they were or anything. But, uh, yeah, it was me and, and Rob, one of the other guys on, on our team that were the, the first couple guys that he reached out to. It was like, hey, man, come give this a try. And, and you loved it, like, since day one. Oh, absolutely, I man. mean, and yeah. the, the whole message about tonight, uh, we've been saying it in each, in each interview that we've had, is it's, it's more than just a game. It's, a li- it's almost a lifestyle. So it's, it basically is a lifestyle. It's, it, for us, we're two guys. We grew up from the age of five. We put on roller skates. We started playing roller hockey. We, we went up playing youth ice hockey together. I mean, me and him competed for a state championship together. Right it's on. a lifestyle for us in a different way because we say it's a lifestyle because it's something we look forward to three four nights a week going and hanging out with the boys what we've learned here is it's a lifestyle for the guys here because it's a lifesaver and a way for a lot of people i mean it gave you something it gave you something new it gave you something it kind of gave you an escape i mean something to just try in that cold yeah just that, get out on the ice cold ice go brashing against your face i mean talk about the way that the game of hockey you know affected you yeah, well, and, and, and that's a, a, a good way to put it, because, like, I grew up, um, I, I played soccer and, and wrestled growing up, and, you know, I played soccer as an adult, and I, I freaking loved the game. Yeah. And I wanted to play, but, you know, and I tried a couple times here and there after my, my injuries and everything, but I, I could not physically do it. Mm. Like, I could play about... 15, 20 minutes, and then I was done, and I couldn't walk for three or four days. So that wasn't in the cards. And, you know, like growing up, you know, I, I played sports and everything. I, I wasn't overly committed because I was too busy being a shithead as a teenager. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We all there. laughs> I mean, you know, honesty rules, right? <laughs> but uh, but it, even then, it was still a, a part of me and, and a part of my life. And, and as an adult, I wanted to continue that. And it wasn't until I found sled hockey in particular that I was like, wow, I, I can actually do this. I can play a sport. And to begin with, man, I, I mean, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Not only on a sled trying to skate, but I mean, I didn't understand hockey. Like, right. I'd watched it and it was cool, but like... Yeah, no you idea know, when the whistles are blowing, why they. No, are I mean, I mean, tough game of rules. <laughs> but I mean, you could have given me a hundred dollars, and I still could not have explained offsides or icing yeah, to you right. for the first whole season I played, probably. Yep. Um, you know, obviously since then I've I've learned and and I follow it and I've read the rules and I watch it a lot more and yeah. I watch it a lot more intently. I'm now. becoming a big Canes fan now. I, absolutely, I yeah. Too. I mean, yeah. part of the organization, especially uh, with their success, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, let's 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 talk about well, that and in their support of our organization. Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, like we got well, two. Normally, you know, we have three of the Hurricanes legends here supporting these events. Right, yep. You know, Bates, Bataglia, Shane Willis, and and fucking Jesse the Bull Bowlerus. Yeah. Right. You know, he couldn't make it tonight, but uh, yeah, we just had a great twenty minutes with Shane and. Yeah, guy. it all all three of them. We, and, we and miss base, unfortunately, but we're gonna grill him about the cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One year cap legend. Yeah, but um, but no, and and I mean all those guys and and the whole organization. Like we've gone out and done practices with them. Oh, wow. Had several of those guys getting sleds with us. Um, games and stuff like that. Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Last year, uh, we went to we got to sit in the pimp seats at one of the uh, one of the games versus the Caps actually. 
Regular season or playoffs? Regular season. It went into (laughs) – It was either single or double OT. Um, But we were also there. We had three of the guys from the uh, USA Hockey National sled hockey team. We had Rico Roman, Ralph DeQuebec, and and Jen Lee come out there, and we did – they – you know, we got to play in the uh, second period intermission. Oh, that's awesome! For that's you know, like sweet. three minutes, and and actually for the last three years or so, they've allowed us the opportunity the to do are that. Cute, but give me give me some sled hockey yeah, over yeah, mites on ice. Sled hockey you know? between periods would be awesome. Yeah, because yeah. we always go to the Caps games and the fir- after mites the first ice. period they do mites on ice where these eight. I mean, it's it's an awesome awesome experience. The eight year olds get to play in front of I don't know if it's tons a, of people. as much awesome as it is kind of cute watching them just like because right. they can't skate. Dude, the, yeah, there's nothing cuter in the world than little kids trying you know playing hockey. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, big Canes fan now. Um, what are you looking at for the team this year? What are your expectations? You want to see the boys make the playoffs again? What do you think? Can they keep it up? I mean, the Eastern Conference Finals last year, a team that not a lot of people think would even make the playoffs, and they went on that run. I, I think they absolutely have that potential. Um, what they do with it is completely we'll up to them. Yeah, they were young, and now um, they're, getting, they're getting more. Yeah, you know, they, they've got some experience under their belt. Their, their head coach is a fucking stud. Rod the uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the dude's a rock star. <laughs> Don't get and, me started uh, on him. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got friends of mine still up in the area that are uh, huge Cavs fans, and, and they're they're not Rod Brindamore fans. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, why would you be? I wouldn't but. say we're not Rod Brindamore fans. I'm going to say that we're just salty. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> great player, great coach, but we're just Hall salty. Famer. But, I mean, what has the sex success we'll, – we'll start to finish it up. I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, our beers are going to get warm here. But <laughs> what has the success of the team done just to Raleigh in general, to North Carolina? I mean, you're not a traditional hockey market. I mean, that and that place was – Rocking, dude. Yeah. The place was rocking this year in the playoffs. I mean, what, what does this success do? Ooh, excuse me again. Yeah, um, no, I think it has, has really sort of energized the community as far as hockey and, and turned a lot of people onto it that otherwise really wouldn't be yeah, following just, the sport. Just watching Duke or UNC. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, in, in this city, basketball is king, and yep. I'm not a basketball guy at all. Nope. I mean, oh, I, I not play. Not many hockey fans yeah. are, i got to be honest. Um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I'm a, a fat, dumpy white dude, and I play basketball like a fat, dumpy white dude, <laughs> so that's never been my thing. Um, He's a big paint guy. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know? but, uh, Get the rebounds. But, no, I, I think it has energized the community a lot in, in, Incredible. in hockey in general and just sort of, you know, illuminated the sport. Yeah. And and you see it growing in the youth community, and hopefully we can keep growing it in the sled community. And and, and I know you're trying to keep this short, but I I do oh, want to say we're, we're want to keep it as short uh, as we can for you. We'll keep going all night. <laughs> now I just the, there's one thing that I I really feel compelled to say as far as sled hockey in do particular it. Tell goes. Tell us anything. Um, when I first started playing this sport and and got turned on to it and everything, it was. It was purely selfish. Yeah. Um, it was in terms of for me, I I loved it, and it was a, an an escape for me. It was a way for me to sort of re-energize my competitiveness. And, and not to interrupt you here, but I think that's how it is almost for everyone. Yeah, but yeah. you personally, you saw hockey as an escape, almost as an addiction. Like I got to go just to get my mind off of things. A- absolutely, and you know, and to be physical and and stay active, and especially now that I've, I'm retired and. Uh, you know, I, I, I 
don't have to go and work out every day and you know shit hurts so a lot right. of times i don't want to do things right but you know, it, when it comes to going to play hockey, it's okay. You know, I'll go do that. It, right. Yeah, it hurts. Everything hurts. Second, but, but, hey, it, you know, I'm going to play hockey. It's right. worth it. But it it started out very selfish for me for that reason because it was – for me, it was a, a tremendous thing. But the, the more involved and, I guess, ingrained in the sport I've become, the less selfish it has become for me. Right. You know, I, I see, like, some of these kids that you saw here tonight – Right. And I'm, you know, and I'm looking at these kids and, you know, I'm like, my God, you know, and I see what it does for them. Right. And I'm like, God, this is awesome. You know, even if I suck at this sport, <laughs> if if I can help grow these kids and, and help them, you know, Become continue to do this yeah. and, and just... You know, because, you know, you look at kids with congenital disabilities and stuff, their opportunities are far more limited than most of us realize. Right. You know, there's stuff that we all take for granted. Yep. I mean, you know, any of us can go play any sport we want growing up. Right. You know, provided, you know, our parents will support it and can right. afford it and all that. But these I mean, kids, you, you know, they... the street and shoot a basketball, exactly, play football or, with your buddies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many you know, games of football I played in a vacant lot in my neighborhood growing up, and we just beat the crap out of each other. Yep. A lot of kids, you know, that I never really realized or fully appreciated before, that's just not an option for yeah. them. And so, you know, to be a, be a part of helping bring this to them is just, it, it, it's far surpassed any of my selfish passions about it's, this sport. I mean, Correct me if I overstep here, but I mean, you you start you see it as I'm going to play hockey because it's going to benefit me, it's going to make me feel better, and then you start to learn the sport, you start to become one with the sport, and you're like, I'm going to the ring today because my team needs me, my team's relying on me, and I got to be a role model for like you mentioned the kids that grow up with the disabilities and they weren't in a situation like you were where it it, it hit them and it happened out of nowhere, but it start that's how it starts and that's how it sounds like it went. Yeah, and yeah, well, right there's a perfect example. I mean, Isaac's a little fucking rock star on our team. That's right um, here. I mean, we can get him on <laughs> if he wants to get on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that. It, it's like I mean, I I drive an hour and a half to practice once a week up here in Raleigh to to be a part of the practices. Not for me. I mean, I can go to. We have ice on Fort Bragg almost every morning for. Right. us to just use and that's 20 minutes from my house um so i mean i can skate there five days a week i don't need to come all the way up to raleigh to practice but i would say probably 90 percent of the reason i do make that trip every week is because i know these kids are going to be there and they get to do this once a week and to help be a part of that and help push them it's and the highlight of their week too mm -hmm. it, Hopefully, right. or at least a, a significant part of it. Right. But uh, just to be able to be a part of that, I mean, it's shit, a, a three-hour round trip. Yeah, I'll take that any day, you know, to, to be a, like a said, part that, of that. That cool yep. breeze when you hit the ice, man. There's nothing like it. Yeah. But Craig, we appreciate you, man. Like we said, we're here. It's casino night, benefiting your team, benefiting the youth team, the Hurricane Sled Hockey team. Powerful stories all night, great stories. 
Uh, we got beer to drink. We got some casino chips Absolutely. to spin. But <laughs> thank you again. I mean, if you got any last words just to get us out of here, like I said, we're going to be doing – we are chirping DMV. We're DMV guys, but we're doing our, our special episode here with the Carolina Hurricanes and the sled hockey team and the organization because we're Caps fans, number two. We're hockey fans, number one. So that's how it goes. It's Anything all about the good the stuff. Absolutely. And uh, I would just tell everybody anywhere that's listening, look up sled hockey in your area and support it. it it's a fantastic sport awesome all right there it is guys thanks again even if it's the flyers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks again to craig for hopping on an incredible story um we've got one more interview for you guys we saved the, we saved the legendary shane willis for last but let's just poke at a couple more canes things first of all we saw him in that ot loss uh, when they beat us. The new white jerseys? They're Very sick. cool. They're sick. like them a lot. I love the classic uh, diagonal lettering, like the Rangers, kind of. The just canes. Right. It's just, it's plain. Uh, but I, it's I don't clean. know. It's a classic I, look. It's, yeah. it's, I like when teams have different home and road jerseys yeah. in terms of the exact same format. look, the exact same logo, just, yeah, the basic format of it. Um, that's what I did, and it looks pretty cool. Because like we said, or we haven't said yet, but we played high school for the Hurricanes. Yep. And we had these Carolina blue and black and gray colors, and we had pretty much the Canes logo um, for the most part, and they were sick. And I'm thinking, man, if we had these white ones they have now just yeah. with that Carolina blue instead of that red, yeah. oh, would have looked good. Would've they would have won state <laughs> without a doubt. Um, storm surges, uh, are they still doing these? I mean, I saw them do it after Tampa yeah, uh, when they sure. beat Tampa in OT, but I haven't seen – I mean, at the beginning they haven't of, lost really yet. So At the beginning of the season, I think they were going to do away with them, but – I like them. I think they should be here to stay. I think it, it gives the team an identity. It does. Um, so, I don't know. I, th- I loved the Storm Surge last year. It, it got a lot of heat from, you know, the the old NHL experts. Right. Uh, I wouldn't call Don Cherry an expert by <laughs> any means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he hates Carolina and he hates Ovechkin. Yeah. So, he can he can go. Yeah. Um, last thing we'll talk about here. We mentioned it earlier. Possible rivalry in the making. I mean. I It, it looks like it to me. It's starting. Yeah, I wouldn't take it too far yet. We're not we're not sitting here at Penguins Caps rivalry level, but but for a this series, is something that's st- after that playoff series and after the early go this year and seven games. You go on Twitter overtime. afterward and people are jawing yeah. uh, back and forth. I mean, uh, what, what were people all up in arms about? Uh, NHL and NBC the Instagram poll they did one of top fans how they do like the bracket style elimination yeah. and the caps and canes faced off and the instagram pool won for the canes yeah um so i think it was like nbc sports washington wrote an article being I like mean, canes fans think they have better fans well, <laughs> and then everybody was just jawing again when i mean during the playoff series last year they had the better barn i'm not i mean uh, well yeah they yeah. throttled us yeah uh, in carolina I, they absolutely throttled and us. it was shocking to see as a cat as an outsider i like i remember like when they had their Stanley Cup run way back in the day. Well, and we're all complacent last year in the first round right. as Caps fans being like, oh, these tickets are cheap to the first round. Right. We're playing a team, a Canes team who we swept 4-0 in the regular season. We're going to cakewalk through here back-to-back. Yeah, then we got excited that the Penguins lost. And then Tampa we got lost. excited Tampa lost. We and said this like, is the easiest road to the to Stanley Cup. This is the, the easiest Hurricanes. back-to-back ever. I can't wait to go get more newspapers. Yep, and then the Hurricanes just had to put uh, into that so real quick. So I think it's a good little rivalry we got kicking up here. Yep, um, for sure. Hopefully they stay consistent. I think they will with these young guns they have. And the preseason, Tom Tom Wilson was getting into it with Rod the Bot, I think. Yeah, I Rod was chirping at Tom, and things got into it. Yeah. I don't think too many people 
listening like Tom Wilson. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's that's all right. That's that's, that's, all right. that's why we like him on our team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, AB, no intro needed here. One and only Hurricanes legend. Some may say, a lot may say, I think so. Uh, Shane Willis. Let's kick it over. All right, guys, we now welcome on very special guest, first NHL player to join the pod, actually, so pretty cool. For, former Carolina Hurricane, Tampa Bay Lightning, 2001 NHL All-Rookie Team, 20 goals, 24 assists, 44 points, not bad. WHL East, first team All-Star, and finally, AHL Rookie Team, first team All-Star and Dudley Garrett Memorial Award winner. Most outstanding rookie, Shane Willis. Shane, thanks uh, for hopping on while we're here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah, so we're here. Um, we're at the Carolina, the Hurricane Sled Hockey event here. It's a casino night charity um, benefiting that team. So you kind of want to give us a first kind of rundown of what the event's all about? Well, I think it's just one of those opportunities for the Carolina Hurricanes to join up with a great group of people who continue to want to try and grow the game in all areas. The NHL is a big facet of hockey is for everyone, and these guys do a great job from youth to adults, putting guys in the sleds, letting them play sled hockey, and giving them a great opportunity each and every week to practice, continue to work on their skills, and then get out to some great tournaments like Disabled Fest and the NHL tournament for all sled hockey players. Right. So, and, uh, go, go, go ahead. I think one of the main themes here tonight is that, like, what we keep uh, catching on is hockey is just more more than just a game for us, especially for these sled hockey guys. It's, a, it's almost like a lifestyle, and it, it just helps them get through any – any issues that they have. I know for me, like I just like when I'm on the ice, it's everything goes away and I'm just playing hockey and I'm sure that's that's what it is for everyone here. Yeah, there's so many great stories, like I said, from the youth players that are out there that are enjoying the sport of hockey to some ex military guys that we have on our teams and things they've gone through in their lives to be able to see how the game of hockey helps them continue to keep that smile on their face and kind of forget everything you know, bad that's going on in their life to get out there, be part of a team. I think that's huge right. as we all grew up playing on hockey teams. It's such a great atmosphere to hang out with your buddies, be in the locker room, right. and to see all these people here, men and women too. We have a lot of women playing sled hockey here as well, to continue to grow and enjoy it as much as a stand-up player does or a player in the National right. Hockey it's League. Like, it's about the camaraderie. Right? And to build on that, um, you say hockey's a lifestyle. I mean, for us three sitting here, I mean, obviously you're a little more than us. We grew up playing hockey. Um, me yep. and him grew up playing together. We started on the roller rink when we were five, six years old. We grew up, we competed for state championships together. But we see hockey as a lifestyle differently than they see hockey as a lifestyle. Because as we've talked to a few people here, it's a lifestyle because it's saved their lives um, for a lot of these guys. And it's interesting to hear those stories. But to build on what you said, too, getting girls into sled hockey, I know you work with the Canes uh, youth development or amateur programs and building the game. So you started, I think, back in 2011 around that. What was it like then compared to now, I mean, in terms of the sport and numbers around here in Raleigh? Yeah, we've seen tremendous growth here, not only on the male side, but definitely on the female side. I think if we looked at all the numbers around the league, we'd be in the top five of female growth here in North and South Carolina with the hurricanes and the surrounding area. But I think when I started, obviously, there was a great platform in place already. The hurricanes winning the cup in 06 really kind of catapulted hockey here in the South getting more and more numbers and that's really been our goal continue to grow the base six seven eight year old players 
to continue to grow, get your numbers at the lower levels, and then continue to develop elite hockey players. I think we've seen a couple of players from here drafted in the past few years, including Rod Brindamore's son, Skyler, oh, who was awesome. drafted by the Oilers. Glenn Wesley's son, obviously, is in the Hurricanes system. Yep. Um, so we're starting to see these players develop and now get into the NHL draft, which is exciting. Um, but overall, I think the Learn to Play program the NHL has put in place in all 31 cities has been huge. Uh, we've named ours the Carolina Hurricanes first goal program. We just finished our summer sessions with 894 brand new hockey players ages five to nine. So if we continue to do that year after year, it's just going to continue to grow. And then, you know, in the back of my mind and the people that work with me, is there ever a chance that one of these young players name gets called first overall in the National Hockey League draft. Right. I think that's one of our, our biggest dreams to see here in North Carolina. So you mentioned that Stanley Cup run in 06. Do you see that as a big spike in terms of numbers? I mean, even just past year, this, when the Canes went to the Eastern Conference Finals, do you see championships and big-name players play a key part in that? Because, I mean, we like I said, we grew up in D.C. area. It's Hockey was hockey. We started early, but when the Ovechkin era started is when it – it blew up. Blew up, yep. obviously. Yeah, I think it directly influences numbers. I think we saw it in 06, a big jump after the Hurricanes won yep. the Stanley Cup. And then obviously the run last year going to conference finals before losing the Boston. The energy in the city. We got a bit city. of a bone to pick with you yeah. about that. <laughs> we'll it's talk about good. that later. <laughs> the energy in the city and everything that came was coming out of the schools, the kids, in our local facilities. I remember when I started work here in 2011, you'd walk into local rinks, and they were painted blue, and they were painted gray, and you'd see the – Crosby jerseys, you see the Ovechkin jerseys, and over the years as the Hurricanes continue to win and get better and get players like Sveshnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and these young players are developing, it's totally changed. And now it's all red and white, and they're all studs. There's so much passion here now in the city. The rinks are all now on part of the Hurricanes, put money in. They're all painted red. The logos are up. The players' pictures are there now. And I think now we've really started to see that development of these young players that the Carolina Hurricanes are their favorite players. They don't talk about Crosby, Ovechkin, right, and these guys anymore. Connor McDavid, which they're outstanding players, and our kids know that, but their favorite players are Carolina Hurricanes. Right, like Ajo, he's, he's got to be the guy now, right? Yeah, he's definitely the guy along with, and, you know, Svechnikov. And you mentioned that 2006 team. You bring a guy back from that team, Justin Williams, who obviously people were like clicks in their brain that, oh, he's coming back. So another thing, speaking on growing the growth of the game, I, you, I, I read an article you talking about the growth of women's hockey. Um, I know at the prep school I coach at, this past year we started our first ever women's hockey team. We had one girl that pl ever played hockey in her life, the rest was field hockey teams. Would you almost consider that the most important aspect of growing youth hockey in today? Because, I mean, you're obviously going to get the male participation, but in terms of female growth, do you see that as an overall youth? Yeah, I think it's a huge component of seeing more growth in any city, really. You look at the boys and you know, in the cities like D.C., Boston, Toronto, all the boys are going to go play hockey. That's what they do. But to get girls interested in and then really building a proper pathway. At their younger ages when they're playing with boys, they say, that, oh, it's fun. But there becomes a time when you have to have a path set in place, which we've been able to do here with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Junior Hurricanes, to put in place to have all girls' teams for them to feel comfortable, continue to have that camaraderie in a female atmosphere, compete at a high level, and then kind of show them the path. I mean, there's a lot of Division One schools, Ivy League schools that have scholarships in their hands right. for young women to come play hockey there. And we know the women's league, the professional women's league, is you know on a break, on a hiatus right now. But they're driven to get it back to where they want it to be. And I think it's a huge part 
of our game that you'll see the National Hockey League continue to take more and more interest in in these upcoming years to try and help them get to that level. Right, incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of the growth of hockey, let's just, I mean, get into you. I mean, you're you're an Alberta guy. Uh, you grow up. I'm sure you started skating at half a week old. Yeah, on the <laughs> ponds. On the ponds. <laughs> so, we, you we started. Don't get, we don't get ponds down here. Sometimes. Got to be a good summer. <laughs> yeah. Or a good winter, I good should winter. say. Real good winter. So, <laughs> real good winter. So, you start playing. When was your really first season that you kind of realized you started playing at a high competitive level and you kind of thought to yourself, maybe I got a chance at, you know, playing hockey full time? Well, I think the first kind of thought in my brain as you grow up in Alberta, you're watching the Oilers dynasty, Wayne Gretzky's your hero, uh, was when I was 14. Uh, they have the Bantam draft in the Western Hockey League. Yep. I wasn't picked in the Bantam draft, but the next day I was called by a local scout from Swift Current and he said, hey, we didn't select you in the draft, but after the draft is over, we're allowed to put X amount of players on our protected list. We put you on that list. We're going to invite you to camp and all these things. And when he called the house, he asked to only talk to me. And I'm like, okay, great. What am and I, I hang up the say? phone. Yeah, <laughs> my dad goes, who is that? And I said, I don't know, some scout said I'm on Swift Current's uh, roster now. And he goes, what does that mean? So now we have to go to research. But from there and talking with our local guy who knew everything about the league and all that, he's like, you know, if you're really going to chase this, now's the time to try and play, you know, higher end, right. AAA hockey. So I drove 15, 20 minutes into the local city, played there, started playing a high level before I made the Western Hockey League. And I think, you know, my first year, I think going in as a rookie in your West, in the Western Hockey League, I was 17. I didn't stay in as mm -hmm. a 16-year-old. That's my draft year. And that rookie year was Prince Albert? Yeah, in Prince Albert. An outstanding season. I think I that's mean, that year was 43 points in 65 games. Yeah, I mean, you kind of realize that this is a chance. There's a lot of guys on our team that were going in the first round, and I'm like, my name was never in the first round, but I think you're always sitting there and you know. You're playing with these guys. Yeah, you're playing with these yeah. guys. You're scoring. You're on their line. But you know when that list is coming out, when they're ranking every player. Yeah. And it was in the old hockey news. You remember the right, hockey news? Right. It was a paper. Yep. We'd run to the store, get the hockey news, and you start flipping. Start flipping the pages. Through the first round. No, through the second round. And all of a sudden you get, and there's your name. And you're like, man, that's it. What do I got to do? I'm grabbing you know, I'm, in, I'm running I'm in the, the top store. 100 yeah. in North America. And now you realize now it's that. That's that extra spark. You're in the gym more. You're pushing harder. Right. Can you get there? And you you know, I was to lucky realize enough, your potential. The first time I was drafted, it was in Edmonton. I mean, the team I grew up watching were in there in the Coliseum in Edmonton. My entire family were an hour away. They were all there. So that was '95, right? Yeah, the entry I draft. By I mean, Tampa. that's that's kind of uh, an interesting thing too, because like you said, you're drafted by Tampa, but you don't come to terms. I mean, how does that work? Because you 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 don't come to terms, but you go back to the Western League. Um, but then again. Two years later, you get back into the draft because I mean, nowadays it's you don't get drafted. I mean, it's the whole the Tyler Johnson yeah. situation. You're a free yeah. agent. You can't just jump so back. So the players so now have a little bit out? of a better scenario with the new CBA and things like that, where they become yeah. free agents. Back then, I was really the first group of guys. You have two years to sign a professional contract, and if you didn't sign, you would go back in the draft. So we were the first wave, and you know, you're taking all the advice from your agents. You're looking at what the guy in the second round ahead of you signed for. Right. All these numbers. And it just didn't seem to add up. And I'm taking their advice. They're like, we should go back in the draft. And I'm like, okay. You know, that's what we're going to do. Okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're my guy. Tell right. me what to do. So I went back in the draft. And we didn't really get nervous. I had a great year going in. And right. we had, I had yeah, cause meetings I mean, with teams. That you got that Tampa year. You go back to the you go back to Prince Albert. And two years there, you put up 137 points. Right. And so after, after that, I was traded to Lethbridge. You know, get to go on a run to the Memorial Cup. Carolina. Yeah. The I only mean, scary part of that draft, it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're sitting there, and it kind of gets to the third round, and my agent was talking to me, and he said, I've talked to a lot of GMs, and, you know, the MO out there is that any player who came back in the draft is going to fall at least one round. What uh, is your mentality going into that second draft after things went how they went in that first one? I think uh, to see the guys that were being picked, you know that are younger than you, but 
you're a little bit older and you feel you're better than those players, but you know why they're getting past you. So you're getting a little bit frustrated. The only scary moment we had was when John Tripp, who played in the Ontario Hockey League, got selected again by the same team. Uh, so the Flames selected him again, mm -hmm. a round later, and he, I'm thinking, well, he's done. I mean, they're going to stick it to him because of what he did to them. You know, right. Every time Tampa went up there, I'm like, no, 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 no. And so we got past that, <laughs> and Carolina's trying to avoid that again. situation again. But we'll At the end of the that. day, everything, everything worked out for a reason, and I was given an opportunity to play here with Jim Rutherford and, and Paul Maurice, yeah, and you it was start outstanding. In that, what, 98-99 season? I mean, what what, did, what are your emotions walking in that locker room the first time? I mean, you got, you got guys in that locker room like Keith Premio. Uh, Ron, Ron Francis, Rob the Bob, Paul Coffee. I mean, yeah, that was uh, a lot of people. You when you ask around here as a guy about Paul going Coffey, in there, they forget he played there. I mean, he was outstanding to us. I, young yeah, guys. I, I when he when he put that in the notes, I was like, oh, Paul Coffee played at Carolina. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He used to take us to lunch every day. He's like, come on, kid, let's go for lunch. Let's <laughs> talk. You know, he'd tell you about stuff when we were called up, and it was fun. But those guys were all really good to us. Um, and then finally getting the opportunity when I made the team. The, that year going into training camp, it was funny. All the guys, we get to the hotel. It was in Florida. We still had training camp in Fort Myers. So we get to the hotel. Everyone's grabbing their keys. And, you know, we'd all played together the year before. And they're like, oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I get my key. And I'm like, well, who am I with? And no one says anything. I'm like, great. I'm with some, you know, right. maybe some European guy yeah. or some new young kid that's coming in. And so I go up to my room and I open the door and I walk in and ran, Ron Francis is sitting on the bed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like. Hello, you know, I go right best into this, best like, behavior, best behavior, trying not straight. to snore, you know, yeah. do you want me to turn the TV off, sir? And he's like, no, yeah. you're fine, I'm going to sleep, you know. But he was really good to to learn from and just watch how much of a professional he was yeah. and dedicated to how he played the game and really how talented he was when you got on the ice with him. All right. So your career goes on, um, and then you hit the 2001 playoffs. I mean, and then the whole situation with the hit, you know, Scott Stevens. Uh, you've said in previous interviews that, you don't look back and think, I should have done this different, I should have done that different, because there's no point in doing all that. I mean, that's kind of the theme we've got here. Yep. These guys, they don't look back on yep. that. But do you have you ever looked back at that hit and kind of, what are your thoughts on it now, and did it change the way you play any? Because, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we've taken our hits, but, I mean, nothing in that capacity, but did, did that ever change maybe your play style or the way you approach the game? Yeah, I don't think it changed the way I played. I think it weighs on you a little bit. I think there's definitely now, when I look back at it, you know, going into the, f the next years, there was definitely something that slowed down, you know, a little bit of your mechanics, the speed of your trigger, right. all of those kind of things get shaken up a little bit to try and get back to that. Now, I've talked to the doctors, some of the doctors still around with the hurricanes that were there when I was there, and the progression of how they treat concussions now is so much better. The training to get right. guys coming back is different. You know, basically all we did was sit there and rest. Right, and exactly. And eventually, do you feel better today? Okay, let's go again. But right. now they do so many more testing, different things guys can do right. to get back 17, on track. 17, 18 years ago, they're, they're not doing any of no. that. Yeah, no. You get here it's you're getting pulled you out mid-game, and you're lucky to come back yeah. a couple games after with the protocol and everything. But so it's one of those plays, right. I think, you can't, you can't change it. And I think that's one of the things going in. You can't change how you played. And then I was traded the following year to Tampa. You know, I just didn't find my groove there. Right. You know, I didn't connect. You know, I got an opportunity to play with Le Cavalier in yeah, different scenarios. And you just – He's a great player. We just didn't gel together and get clicking like you needed to to stay right. on the team. So, like, and like hockey is a game of split decisions, right? You're always having to make a decision every other millisecond, basically. Yep. Like, were you second guessing yourself after that ever or no? No, I don't think so. I think okay. there was still able to play the same way. And I think it was just, you know, opportunities and 
Um, those there, are the kind of things you get frustrated in how, right. you, how you handle those situations. And I can go back and say there are certain situations when I got sent down, they're like, all right, we're going to send you down for a little bit. It was more frustration instead. Right. You can't pull yourself out of it. There's so many guys in the American Hockey League that could play in the NHL. The Always Hungry League. And yeah. they just yeah. don't, they don't get the opportunity or they get frustrated and they just don't do that one or two extra things to get them there. And that's right. just the nature of the game. Yeah. So looking at that trade, actually, um, you get traded to Tampa, the team from the start. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, was there a lot of the same faces in the front office there? Um, what was that situation like? Kind of thinking, uh, yeah. the team that I started with but didn't start with, and now I'm getting traded to them. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed at the time. Obviously, I love playing for the Hurricanes, your first team. You have so much passion. To right. It, so you, you think you're going to retire. Then. That's right. You, you mean, everyone thinks I'm untouchable. They love me here. And yep. then all of a sudden, they call you in and tell you've been traded. I was in Chicago. We stayed there the night. I flew to Tampa the next day. And, you know, to kind of get right back up on the horse, we played the Oilers that night in Tampa. Right. Um, but it's funny to say the same kind of guys there. So Phil Esposito drafted me. Huh. He was a GM of Tampa. Wow. He's now doing color on the radio. So he, the first day, you know, media's coming in. He walks right over to me. He goes, see, I told you you should have signed with us. <laughs> you know, and just making light of it, it was very yeah. good. That helps uh, it. You know, John Tortorella was a coach. He was very, you know, hard-nosed, determined. Yeah, we all know how a, a lot level. of stories about, yeah. You know, so he pushed the level. There was a lot of great veterans there. Dave Andrichuk, I mean, Dave Taylor. good Taylin. relationship with Torres. Did he ever get called out by him or anything like that? No, or? not really. I mean, he was honest and right. to the point in video sessions, but I never got so drugged through the you mud. You get to that team yeah. there. That's the 03 04 season. That's the season they go in win the cup. I mean, that's a locker room like you mentioned. The Cavalier, you got St. Louis, Ruslan Fedotenko, Dan Boyle. Yeah. Still, Brad I mean, Hobby Bullen, Brad Richards, I mean, Con Smythe winner. Everyone always asks me why, who was maybe the difference maker. Like, Nikolai Hobby Bullen might have been the best goalie I've ever played against. Yeah, right? Really? Like, he, And when you see him, the way he worked, not not only off the ice, but when you com- the way he competed in practice. Like, he expected you to shoot as hard as you could every time. Two on one drills. He was coming across as hard as he could, even if you were going to hit him in the throat. From he those, didn't care. from those years, that he was my favorite goalie to watch every single time. Javi Bullen. I was, yeah. and he had a sweet name. I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was phenomenal. So, w- short time in Tampa there in that season, but could you tell in that time like that was going to be a Stanley Cup winning team? I mean, just from maybe leadership in that locker room or anything like that. Yeah, I think that was that a feeling? big part of it. Um, I was up and down that season between Hershey and Tampa. I played twelve games that year with Tampa. Um, Hershey, baby. Caps affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tie it in. But I don't know if I could say they were going to win it. They had some down times. But they did have the leadership in there with Dave Andershuk, Dave Taylor, some of these older guys, um, Jason Cullimore. But they had the dynamic. Like Le Cavalier, Brad Richards, Marty St. Louis, Ruslan Fedotenko yep. scoring some big goals. Yeah, he was clutch in those playoffs. Whenever you look at the playoffs and teams that win the Cup, when you look at St. Louis, St. Louis – if you put all the papers on the table, you're not going to be like, well, they're not going to win the cup. I mean, especially looking at them in January. But it, right. Who gets rolling the right time and has the confidence? When they ask a few of the guys off the team, they're like, when do you guys know you're going to win? They're like, as soon as it started, we knew we were going to win the cup. Like that confidence level going into every single game, it doesn't matter. You can't yeah. stop it. It's like a snowball going downhill. There's no team going to stop it. It's going to roll right over top of you and keep going. And yeah. a lot of times it's not the big guys that score. I mean, you saw Schwartz this year. The only time he would score is when he had a damn hat trick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even with the Caps, when we won the Cup, I mean, you had your guys producing, Kuzi, Ovi, but Devontae Smith. Lars, Lars Eller coming Lars through Lars Eller. I mean, all that stuff. It's all yeah, about You that. have your third, your fourth line yeah. grinders. Well, just, the guy you talk about the team in Tampa, you have guys like Ben Clymer, Chris Dingman. Yeah. Right. Those guys chipping in the fourth line, scoring huge goals, timely goals to help that team over what the What seed were they going into that? Do you remember? I mean, I don't think they were high. 
I don't think they were like one, one, two, or three, but yeah. I think they they weren't bottom. They, they yeah. were that okay. four or five. I area. mean, once the the Philly series, watching that one was brutal. Like yeah. Primo was in Philly. Right. I mean, they were big, and I remember just thinking, going that bad, bad boy if, arrow. If they can walk out of this rink, they may be able to win the cup. You know, one controversy if you go all That's the way the back to you it. Need, though. You need that one right. series you don't think you're going to win. If you go the controversial call, which may have changed in today's game because of video replay, right. was the overtime goal by Marty Jelena in Calgary oh, yeah. in game six. You know, did it cross the line? It didn't. There's no video review. They say it didn't go in. They go down the other end, and St. Louis scores. Yep. Goes back to game seven, and they crush him at home. Yep. Right. So, I mean, like you said, we don't want to keep it too long. You're the man of the hour here, so let's just finish it up. I mean, Thoughts on the Canes going into the season. I mean, a team that last year a lot of people didn't think would even make the playoffs. They they squeak in. They, they beat, beat the Cavs. Yeah, you the guys you guys definitely didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we did. we overlooked that entire series. Oh we're yeah, we were like, yo, we might. Like, all right. We saw Tampa get <laughs> swept. We were like, yo, we're gonna go to the Stanley Cup again. Stanley, Tampa goes down. We're like, all right, so clear cut to the conference final. We're getting we're getting out of Carolina in four or five. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Mean, we're thinking of it that way. We're, we've got a chance to go back to back here. I mean. That, that run they had last season, back to the conference finals, I mean, Rod Brindamore, incredible coach. I mean, a guy you're familiar oh, with. Um, it, it, was, it was a team of destiny moment, for yeah. I, I feel, like for the Williams Hurricanes. Justin Williams comes back, provides that great leadership. I mean, cap legend, we loved him. But coming into this year, Williams has taken that leave of absence. Who knows if he comes back? I mean, re-signed a couple guys, a few changes, not too many. But what's the outlook for this year? Well, I think it's still – very high and very confident to get back to where they were last year. I think, yeah. you know, you mentioned Justin Williams not playing or skating right now at this time. So you have a little bit of a dip in leadership. But I was talking to someone today that he is such a strong leader that every one of those guys in that locker room last year should have learned yeah. how to do that yep. and what to say at those times. And there were so many of those guys listening, like a Jordan Martinuk. Jordan Stahl is still in the room. Jacob Slavin, an outstanding player. So these guys were excited to watch them at practice. Um, they're yeah, fired up to get stud, going again. Slavin is unbelievable. Maybe the most underrated defenseman in the league. Yep. Peter Morazic is fired up to get back in the net. I love the additions they made. I love Eric Halla, and I love Ryan Dezingle. Uh, and they, they just picked up Jake Gardner, right? And Jake Gardner. He, I think great. I think without without a fan base that's going to be hauling on him like Toronto, he's. I think will be. I think totally, he'll shine. totally agree. I would say there's probably if you went around and polled in Raleigh. And ask them what they think of Jake Gardner. They, oh, they he's love a great him. defenseman. No yeah. one knows about Game Seven in Boston, right? No, and no, no one cares. One, nobody gives no one cares. He's going to come in here and be able to relax. Yep. And have the small groups of media's come through the locker room and leave, and he'll be like, "Wow, this is awesome." They settle in, and so many guys get here, and they fall in love with. When I got traded to Tampa, they're like, "We hate going into Raleigh to play on the road. It's terrible." And he's like, "Why do guys stay there?" I'm like, "Because you have to live there. It's, now, a, it's, it's a passion it's a in the city." That's it's that's that's what we were saying last year during the playoffs. playoffs. We were like, "That is." One of the most unexpected lattice ranks I've ever heard. It like was on unbelievable. TV. Yeah. Pierre uh, Pierre Maguire came up from between the benches in Game Three against the Caps, and he looked at me. He goes, "There is nothing this loud right now yeah. in the league." Like it was just crazy. It was insane. Like crazy. even even beat Nashville, like or not beat Nashville, but Nashville, like Carolina and Nashville were like the two like unexpected. Come out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have a good season, but I mean, but yeah. I think the, I think the added scoring with Dezingle and Eric Halla, we got young. Yeah, Dezingle's uh, a stud too. You know, Marty Nachas looking to crack the lineup, and then we talked him at the top of the show. Sebastian Ajo is going to be a leader here and an All Star for a long time. And we talk yep. about Williams. He's gone, but he's he's but not gone from that locker room because yeah, he'll be he'll be a part of it. When they won, I mean, when they won the Cubs, yeah. the first guy Ovechkin FaceTime Justin Williams. Nick Backstrom credits Justin Williams for a lot of their success. Yeah. But Shane, like we said, we won't keep it too long. We greatly appreciate you coming on. 
Um, the event here is incredible. Like we said, we're benefiting uh, the Hurricane Sled Hockey Team. and um, Yeah, we appreciate it. If anyone's out there that's looking to uh, contribute, they are a 501c3 organization. They're always looking for help. All the money's going back to the program to help get more youth into sleds playing the game. they got to buy more equipment, buy more sleds. They continue to grow. So you can find all that information on Carolina Hurricane, or JuniorHurricanes.com. Perfect. Again, Shane Willis, everybody, thank you again. Thank you. All right, thanks again. Incredible thanks to Shane Willis for coming on the pod, taking 20 minutes of his time during the casino night to sit with us, talk about the sled hockey organization, talk about his career, talk about his experiences. I mean, that Scott Stevens hit and everything that went through that. Yeah. Um, his career getting with Tampa and then Hurricanes and then the weird draft thing that went on. But yep. it was it was cool. It was definitely a sweet interview for us. It was great, great experience, great opportunity. I mean, he he definitely opened up. He, like he he let it, he let it all out, which was cool. Yeah, fantastic um, guy. I, um, I didn't know if you'd hold anything back because uh, I mean that's that's our first time meeting him, obviously <clears throat> for his first time meeting us. And I'm really looking forward to meeting up with him on January 3rd. Yeah, he's a great because the Chirp and DMV squad will be down there, Caps, Canes, and Raleigh. Yep. Um, on that Friday night. Um, but there it is. I mean, three incredible interviews. Um, the first two just in terms of the emotional level, it's. A lot that we learned is the way we look at hockey here is um, as a lifestyle. That We grew up playing it. We did the circuit of play a little this, play a little that, climb the ranks, go to high school. Um, but in terms of a lifestyle for these guys, it's it more takes life, on – It's more of a lifesaver. It's a lifesaver. It, it really hits the meaning of your life and what the sport can do for that, not just trying to climb the rankings and w- worry about winning this tournament. It's I, right. we Today's think- a bad day. I need to go to the rink. Right. And we think, like, when we go to the ice rink, we're going there to, like, you know, get it all, like, get everything off our mind, just play. We think yeah. we have issues. and Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing It's nothing compared to these inspirational stories that we heard this uh, here at the uh, casino event. Yeah. So it really puts it all into perspective of just, I don't know, almost on life at this point, on on the game of hockey and how it helps save, it can save lives in some and certain perspective and uh yeah it was just a great great opportunity for us yeah fantastic really grateful of everybody down there i mean the generosity the hospitality they showed us i mean it's north carolina baby it doesn't get much better than that but incredible people they welcomed us in with open arms they were giving us t-shirts giving us drink tickets i know i mean (laughs) you name it we were they they had it covered for us and uh, appreciate all their um, incredible story of what they've all gone through. Yeah, big thanks to the Carolina Sled Hockey Organization. Yes, incredible thanks to you guys. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for you. We'll be rocking our T-shirts, and we will see everybody on January 3rd. Caps, Canes. All right, peace out.